okay, let me just mute everyone. Okay, uh, we're recording. Yeah, you got the the little recorder as well. Yeah. Larry? Yes, sir, yeah, so both. Okay, great. Okay. So, so this is the Cheskel Shir. L'Ilui Nishmosom Ephraim Shmuel Benavriam Arya Kohen and Chaya Tobabas Eliezer Mendla Kohen. And we are in the third chapter of Yechezkel. Um, and we are in verse 11. Uh, verse 11 starts off. God speaking to Yechezkel. Lelech bo. Go and come. El Hagola, El Bnei To the exile, to the children of your people. Vidibarto lehem. Speak to them. Vidibarto lehem. And say to them. This is what God said. Either they'll listen or they'll pay no attention to you. So the message, uh, we know what the message is. The message is uh, bad news. The message is about exile, etc. But the language of this posuk is a little bit um, strange because it starts off with really a contradiction. It says, go Lech, bo, come, which he can only do one of the two. He cannot go and come at the same time. So before we get into that, let's just uh, take a look at the Ababinel's overview of the message that's coming out of this verse. Ababinel says, Lech, bo, al, hagola, el, b'nei, amecho. Hayoshim, abol, migolas, yo, yochim. He's talking, this is a message for the people. For the people that were exiled, uh, the original exilees from Babylonia uh, into Babylonia, uh, which took place five years earlier. Um, the majority of the Jews are still in the land of Israel. Um, there's a smaller population of Jews already in Babylonian exile. This is the message for them. He's telling them to speak to them, Loshan of Dibor, and Omar to Alehem, Loshan of Amira, speaking. Lazhiro Shapam Achapam Yudaber Lohem Yochichem. It's a message that uh, for centuries God has been speaking to them, Dibar to Alehem, speaking to them. Dibor is strong language. Amira, Omar to Alehem, is softer language. But God's been trying this trick for century after century, um, rebuking them softly, rebuking them violently. And they've never, whichever way the message has come across, whether it's been a, a soft, gentle message, or it's been a very harsh message, they've never listened. But maybe one last time. Maybe one last time, you know, you'll speak to them and they'll pay attention. Um, that um, even though the prophecy really is uh, very, very, going to be very, very harsh, it's going to be as described in the second chapter as Kinim Behegavahi. It's all dark, it all appears to be dark news. Um, and they, they don't accept uh, prophecies like that. They don't like them, whether they're presented in a, in a soft and gentle way or they're presented as a, a fait accompli in a harsh way. Um, 
They've never accepted it before, but just give it one last go. Speak to them harshly and speak to them gently as well. Va'od, says the Yababadil, he's hero. Also say to them another double language. Speak to them and say to them, these are the words of God, Elohim. To put a stress, Yechezkel should put a stress on the fact that it's not him speaking. It's God speaking. God speaking to them. But Omru, and tell them, is she im yishmo im Again, the Jewish people will do what they want to do anyway. They'll either pay attention or they won't. The nature of the Jewish people isn't really to listen. So, you know, don't be put off. Don't be, um, don't be, uh, um, upset about the fact that, uh, when, when you speak to them nicely and you speak to them harshly, they pay no attention to either way because uh, that's just the, the way they are. So these words, im yishma'ov, im yechadolu, can be interpreted that they are the words of God to the prophet only or the words of the God of the uh, God that Yechezkel has to pass on to the exiles word for word. Those are the two ways of looking at it. But at the end of the day, these Jews will do what they want. They may listen. They may ignore it. Continues about, finishes off the Abarabinel. Alternatively, says the Barbanel, it could be uh, argued that the words im yishmo, im maybe they'll listen, maybe they won't listen, form part of the message. In other words, that's part of the message that God says to Yechezkel, he has to repeat to the exiles in order to see if they're prepared to listen and stop their evil ways or whether they're not prepared to listen. So it could be that uh, the words im yishmu im yechdolu, maybe they'll listen, maybe they're not listen, won't listen, is uh, a comfort to Yechezkel. Like, don't be put off if they don't listen to you. But it could be part of the message that, uh, that you should, that's what you should tell the exiles. You can listen or you can, you can uh, ignore what we're saying. So now we come to this, this, that's the general overview of the possible. But now we come to this language right at the start of the verse, which is Velech Bo. Velech Bo El Hagola El Mecho. And it's very ex, uh, unusual expression, go and come. Really, the correct language should just be Velech, go, because God wants Yechezkel to go and deliver a message. So he should have said just Velech and go. Um, and we, we find similarly in Tanakh, or we find in the Torah, in Shemos, right at the beginning of Shemos, in the seventh chapter of Shemos, when God commands Moshe Rabbeinu to seek out an audience with Para. And there it says, Vayama Hashem and Moshe, it's a very famous posseg, it's the first posseg of Parashat's bow, Vayama Hashem el Moshe, Bo el Paro, come to Para, for Omar to love and speak to him, and say, Let my people go, that they may serve me. So again, you have the same problem there. Why does God tell Moshe, Bo el Paro, come to Paro? He should say to him, go to Paro, lech la Paro. So some answer 
that uh, the, the word bow is used in that parasha, at the start of parasha's bow, because a bow has got a gematria of three, which is the number of plagues that are in that parasha. But that's not, so that's not a real answer. That's just a, you know, just a, a, a observation. The real answer is this. We use the uh, language of lech and go in the context of sending someone on a mission for you. Please go and take out the trash, which, you know, I've heard at home many times. I'm sure most of the men have heard many times. Go and take out the trash. It's a, the word lech, go, is always in the, or normally in the context of sending someone on a mission for you. We use the word bo to come when we want someone to join us. Um, like in our house or where we are, we say, please come and join us in the dining room or please come and join us for dinner. So that bo, meaning come, implies come to the place where I am. And leich, which means go, means go to the place where I am not. So these two things are really contradictory. So that when God says to Yecheskel here, Belech Bo, God is saying, go to the exiles. This is the uh, correct way of understanding this verse. God is saying, go to the exiles and give my message to the exiles. But don't think you're going alone. I am coming with you as well. Um, and this is a theme we're going to see uh, reoccurring, that God, so to speak, is always with us in exile. So that when, a, and that's the, the idea of Moshe Rabbeinu as well. When Moshe, God said, Boal Paro, come to Paro. He was telling him, you know, you're going to go on and speak to Paro, but I'm going to be with you. You don't have to worry. You're not going to be alone there. So here, similarly as well, he's telling Yechezkel, go, go, go to speak to them. But when you speak to them, Bo, you'll come there and I'll be there with you. So this theme that God is with us in exile is brought out in the Apostle in Tehillim. It's also the basis of quite a bit of uh, philosophical discussion among the Rishonim. But the Posik in Tehillim is like this. This is David Amelach speaking. Yikro'eni ve'enehu. Uh, he will call me and I will answer him. This is God. He, he will call me and I, God, will answer him. Imo anochi batzora. God says, I am with him, meaning I'm with the Jewish people. Batzora, in distress, in exile. I will rescue him, the Jewish people, and I will honor him. I will honor the Jewish people. So we see this idea in the Torah as well, that God is always with us in exile. Um, and we see this in the story of the burning bush. The Apostle says by the burning bush, and the Moshe Rabbeinu was out, you know, shepherding, doing his shepherding stuff. And uh, an angel of God appeared to him, Balabas Eish Mitochasne, in the flame of fire in the middle of a thorn bush, a burning thorn bush. Baya, and he saw the Hinehasne, the thorn bush, Boer Boish was burning with fire, Bahasne Enene Ukol. But the uh, the actual um, the bush itself wasn't being consumed by the fire. So the Medrash asked the question, why a thorn bush? Why not a tree? Why did, why specifically did God appear to Moshe Rabbeinu at a, at, in a burning thorn bush? So the Medrash says over there in the Medrash Tanchuma, um, 
in in uh, in Shemos has asked the question: Why did God appear in the in the middle of a burning bush of uh, of thorns, which is a snare, rather than a large tree or a column of smoke or anything else that God could appear in? So the Gemara, so the Medrash says, God said, "I have stated, I am committed to you." I am with you in times of trouble. Uh, referring to the fact that the Jews were currently enslaved in Egypt. Consequently, God says, I appear to Moshe in a bush of thorns, which is an allusion to a place of trouble. A thorn bush is trouble. Fire is trouble. Therefore, out of the midst of a bush, which is full of thorns, or a burning bush, which is full of thorns, I appeared to Moshe Rabbeinu to show him that even in the darkest days of slavery and even in the darkest days of exile, God never leaves our side. So that uh, that's the message. The Lech Bo, go and come. That uh, the message is uh, a double message. He's got a job to do, but uh, he goes to do the uh, deliver the message. But God is going to be with him when he delivers that uh, message. Any questions up to you? This is that was a very straightforward verse. And why have the word lech could just be both? Could be, it could be, could be like the Torah, but um, um, I don't, I don't, I don't know why it's the lech. I mean, it's a continue. The, the the vav at the beginning of the pasuk is a continuation of the verse before. The vav connects it to the verse before, and um, if you look at the verse before. Um, the verse before says, "Byomay love Ben Adam as called the Rai shared the very lechol kach bilvav chol boznetva shama." Take it, take it in your heart, take it in your heart, and uh, understand it intellectually. So it, it's something. If, if, if you're giving something, somebody something to take, obviously you've got to take it somewhere. So that's why I think the first word of the next pasuk is "Velech" and go, go and bow, and I'll come with you. Um, if you if you're giving somebody something to take with them, obviously you've got, they've got to take it somewhere. So he says, take take what is in your heart um, emotionally, and take what is in your mind intellectually, and take it with you. Take it with you on this journey, lech. And then bo, I'll be with you all the way. So I think that's the reason. When it came to Moshe Rabbeinu, um, the conversation was not about that. The conversation was about. Um, uh, he was already there. He was already like uh, uh, outside the palace. He didn't have any anywhere to go. Like uh, uh, as far as Yecheskel is concerned, here he's in so to speak in communion with God in some place else. He's in Nahar Kavar. He's in by the river, by the rivers of Babylon. So possibly he needed to be um, uh, told to go. Not sure. It's a good question. It could have just said Boel Hagola. Uh, just excuse me for one second. Sorry. Hello. Hi, Harry. Uh, it's Karen V speaking. I work with yeah, Yeah, yeah. Can, just I'm just, I'm just, I'm just giving you a shit. Can you call me back in an hour, please? Do we have a Do we have a meeting tonight or not? Can you call me back? I'm just giving you a shit. Can you call me back in one hour? Thanks. Fine. We will. I will be on the road. I'll call you back another time. Then I start me tonight. I will call you a non. Thank you very much. Um, yeah, sorry about that. Okay, so, uh, Joe, now it's, it's a, it's an interesting question why I said left, but I think, I think it fits in with the context of the, uh, of the text. 
Uh, okay, so now we come to this pasuk that uh, everybody talks about. Um, everybody knows the words of this pasuk because we say it every single day, four times a day. But so he's been given the office to go. Yechezkel's been given the office to go to speak to the children of Israel, or to the people in the exile, and deliver the message, the message of uh, even though it's a message of destruction, it's also, we discussed earlier, it's a message of construction. The very fact that something's, uh, as the prophet Micha says, kinofalti kamti, the very fact that I've fallen down means I can rise again. Um, so the, the message that he's giving is going to be a dark message, but uh, eventually it will lead to ultimate redemption. And then as Yecheskel is about to leave, this is what happens. But the wind lifted me up. And I heard behind me, the sound of a great uproar. Blessed is God from his place. From his place. Obviously, this is a very famous verse. Um, again, we have to begin with a, a general overview of the verse. Uh, exactly what the context is here. Um, so we'll start off with the Abarbanel and then we'll have a look at the, the, the Malbim and see where it takes us. But, uh, you should know that this, this verse is, uh, you know, this verse, there's a lot written on this verse. So the Abarbanel says as follows. That, uh, as soon as Yechezkel is given the, the, uh, direction by God to go and speak to the, uh, angels, uh, to speak to the exiles, he was picked up, so to speak, lifted up by a harsh wind that was behind him. The, the essence of the prophecy he was experiencing um, appeared to him. In other words, he was in a situation where he felt God's presence. Uh, like in the confines of the prophetic vision, Yechezkel saw or felt what appeared to be the Spirit of God, which, so to speak, picked him up and carried him off to the exiles, to where the exiles were, the cities or the towns where the exiles were, who he was supposed to speak to, or the God had cut, or alternatively, that God had commanded a wind to carry him from the place where he was to the place where the exiles were. That's Rush's interpretation. Uh, but the Babanel says it was just the, the appearance. He just, it was part of his prophetic vision. And when he came out of the prophetic vision, vision, he'd been transported from where he was by the river to the city or to the town where the majority of the exiles were. And then he says, I heard a great uproar behind me. Romans, Labias, this is he, what the sound he heard was the sound of the approaching Babylonian armies to Yerushalayim. La Achrivon, to destroy the cities. Batigash, Batirash, Ha'oretz Mipnehem. That, uh, what he heard was the sound of the Babylonian army arriving in Yerushalayim and the, because of the, the amount of, uh, soldiers and, uh, and, uh, military vehicles that were coming. Uh, heading towards Yerushalayim, the earth shook and trembled outside Yerushalayim. And that's, that's, says the Abba, that's what he was hearing in the prophetic vision. That was the roar, the roar of the approaching enemy. The rash, this roar, 
It also could have been the whoosh of the roar of him being transported from the river of Kavar, where he was standing and he had the prophetic vision. Um, uh, or it could have been this, the sound that he heard of God's chariot uh, sweeping across the sky. Um, either one of those could have been the, the sound that he heard. Uh, the sound of the ch- chariot going further and further away from the doomed city of Yushalayim and the doomed base of Mikdosh. It was this, this wind, this sound that he heard, um, saying, it was the angels that were saying, Boruch Kavod Hashem Mim Kalma, that, uh, God is blessed from his place. Rod Saloma, what does that mean? Al Tachshov Ata Novi Shabasur Hakovod Vashkinamik Kodish Hagdoshim Shuhiyoyim Akoma. Don't think for one second that you're seeing the chariots of God leaving Yerushalayim, traveling into Golis with the Jewish people, but that there's no, none of my presence left in Yerushalayim. And Lo Yiyeh Boruchu Mahulu Kavod Hashem Kemoshe Hoyabiyoso El Hakapores Ben Hashneku Hakrubim. And that there's no Kedusha left in Yerushalayim. Like God's packed up and he's left. And the base of Mikdash is just a building now. And Yerushalayim is just a city now. It's got no Kedusha. There's no God's, none of God's presence there. No, he says, with the words, Boruch Kavod Hashem, Mim Komo, from his place. Rather, Kihine Boruch Mahulal Yetomid Kavod Hashem. Afal Pishasam Mim Komo. Despite the fact that God's, uh, so to speak, presence um, has left Yerushalayim, there's still an element of Kedusha in his place or from his place. And his place is Yerushalayim and the Beis HaMikdosh and more specifically the Kodesh HaKadoshim. And the fact that God has left the Kodesh HaKadoshim from between the two Kruvim, which is where God's presence rested, in no way diminishes God's status or glory. Uh, the reality is that God's essence is untouched by his exile from the base of Migdosh, and God's shechina, God's presence, God's cover, God's glory is exactly the same wherever it rests. Doesn't matter where God is. The uh, essence of God, the kedusha of God, the kavod of God is exactly the same where God, wherever God is. That's message number one. The message number two is. But despite the, the fact that God has left the precincts of the Kodesh Kadoshim, that area still got to, infused with God's Kedusha, Mim Komo, from his place. And Mim Komo also means from wherever God sits, wherever God hangs his hat, so to speak, uh, whether it's in Yushalayim or wherever it is, that, uh, that, that, that place is also infused with the total presence or the total kedusha, the total glory of God's presence. But, but it, the, the, the real people that are losing out here, says the real people that are losing out here are the Jewish people. Because God's presence that was so powerful in Yerushalayim, that has left. But the essence of what God is, that never changes. Wherever God's presence is, that's, that's Mim Komo. That's, that never changes. So it, it's, uh, the Abarbanel says the uh, removal of God's presence, Kobo, from among, um, the Jewish people, uh, is a problem for them. 
but God's presence itself is still as blessed and glorified as it ever was and never changes. So that is uh, an overview of the verse from the, the words of the uh, of Arbanel. The uh, Malbim says slightly differently, but it's any ruach. What does it mean that a wind picked me up? Ruach Hashem nosa oso lamala. God's spirit lifted and carried him up, like up to Shemayim. And I heard a tremendous roar. Um, yeah. Because at that point, at the end of this Nevoah, the Merkava, the chariot of God, was going to another place. Tsaya Shashama Kol Rash. That uh, God's got other business to, to attend to today, Obama, the Malbim says, that uh, after the prophetic vision that Yechezkel has just had, so God's Mimkomo, uh, he's leaving this place, Baruch Kavad Hashem Mimkomo, the chariot is departing to go to another place, and says so the Malbim, the imagery can be drawn uh, witnessing this event and someone, someone witnessing this event and who heard these sounds is of a chariot departing to battle with other empires. Like God's got other business to deal with, other nations to deal with, and he's up to deal with them. And that's the, that's the sound he, he heard. It says he about the Malvin, Borov Kavod Hashem in Koma. What does that mean? Rotsaloma, Hagam Yistalek, a covered in base of Again, he says like the, the, the above now. That the God, the essence, the presence of God is leaving the base of Middosh, Mim Komo, from his spot, from his place, the place where God is, um, at home. And for the, for the foreseeable future, blessings and, um, Shefa, which is influence, God's influence on the world will not come down through Yushalayim. Because up till this point, for the last 420 years, while the first base of interest was still standing, all brocha, all blessing that came to the world came through the prism of Yerushalayim, came through the prism of uh, the base of Mikdash. The reality is the source of brocha, the source of blessings that come to this world is the place where God currently rests. And so if he's resting in Yerushalayim, if God's presence is in Yerushalayim, so the uh, influence, the good influence, the chesed, the brocha, all these good things that come into the world, come in magnified. But when God's presence leaves Yerushalayim, that prism that uh, accentuates or magnifies the brocha that's coming into the world is lost. And the brocha that's coming into the world is of a much lower, um, much lower level of brocha, much lower level of chesed that's coming into the world. Uh, when God's in, uh, in Yushalayim, in the Kodesh Kadoshim, so that acts like a uh, magnifying glass. So the brocha comes in, it gets magnified through the Kodesh Kadoshim and spreads right across the planet. When God leaves there, so brocha still comes down. Brocha and uh, Shefa and influence still comes into the world from God, but from Mim Komo, from the place where he's currently at, which doesn't have the same effect as when God's presence is in Yerushalayim. 
So that is really not superficial, but that is just a an overview of this verse. But um, there's so much more to say about this uh, posset, as uh, we will look at now, um, when we look at a more esoteric take on the sound that Yecheskel heard behind it. So, and any questions up to here? No, no questions up to here. Okay. Let's, let's carry on. Okay. So, I don't normally quote the Moran, uh, Rab Nachman of Bratzlav, but he's, he makes a very important point here. He says, And I heard behind me the sound of a great uproar. Um, this is, again, Yecheskel, as his prophecy was ending, he heard from behind him this, this great noise. So, Likuti uh, Moran, Rab Nachman of Bratzlav said, this is a concept of Ra'omim, of thunder. And he doesn't mean just plain thunder. He means, uh, again, this is a possible we say all the time, Tehillim 29, verse 3, Kol Hashem al-Amayim, El HaKovod Hirim, Hashem al-Mayim Rabim. Which, uh, you know, we say it and we sing it, but we don't often look at the translation to see what, exactly what the, the message is. But uh, the voice of God is on the waters. That's Kol Hashem al-Amayim. Uh, El HaKovod Hirim, the glory of God thunders. Hashem al-Mayim Rabim. God is seen or can be felt in the fast-flowing waters. And the, uh, the Moran, the Rav Nachman Bratzel says, Mayim Rabin, allude, uh, the, the waters allude to Das, the concept of Das. So exactly what does that mean? So he quotes a possible from Chabakuk. He said, Kitimole ho'oretz la Das es Hashem. The earth, this is again, um, uh, a posit that everybody knows, talking about the coming of the Mashiach. Kitimole ho'oretz ladas, es kavod Hashem. At the end of days, the earth will be filled with das, knowledge, experience of the glory of God. Kamayim yechasu al yam. Like the waters cover the sea, which is a posit that Yeshayol also says, but uh, he quotes a posit from Chabakuk. So this idea here of uh, this thunder is an expression of das. It's an experience. It's a prophetic, uh, a very strong prophetic experience. And what's interesting about this posuk from Chabakuk is that at the end of days, the uh, knowledge of God, the experience of God will fill the, fill the earth like the waters cover the sea. So my Rebbe Zechazali says, what does it mean? Like the waters cover the sea. Um, obviously the waters cover the sea. Yeah, you know, it's, it's, it's uh, like the waters or the waters of the sea. So he says that there's an in- interesting yesod here, interesting foundation here, that when Mashiach comes, um, then the knowledge of God and the knowledge of God's glory will be felt by everybody, but not everybody to the same degree. Because just like a seabed, if you look at the, the surface of the sea, so it appears like uh, there's a common depth, like uh, there's a, this, the same depth. It, you, you can't guess what the depth of the water is. But the reality is that uh, you can look out on the ocean and uh, the depth is at some point is very shallow and at some point is very deep. So the idea of Ladas as Kavod Hashem Kamaim Yechasu Al Hayam, 
the idea that when the Mashiach comes, there'll be this knowledge, this experience of God, like the water covering the sea, means that everybody will be different. Everybody, everybody's got it, got the ability to get to a different, di- di- different depth of understanding of God, of experiencing God. No one, will, no, no two people will have the same experience. So just like the waters cover the sea, and you can't see from just a, a bare look exactly how deep the, the water is at that point. So when Mashiach comes, you, each person will will have an experience of God, uh, a das of God, a knowledge of God, an exper- experiential knowledge of God appropriate to their abilities. Some will have a deeper one, like a deep, deep in the ocean, and some will have a shallow understanding, just like a, in the shallows of the sea. But everyone will have the deep, some type of understanding. So the Moran, uh, Rav Nathan of Bratzel said, these waters are the waters of Das that emerge from the Sitra. They emerge from the Sitra Achra, from the other side, which is the spiritual area that contains evil. And at the time of the Mashiach, they will revert to holiness. In other words, there's two sides to the world. There's a side of good and there's a side of evil. They both need each other. Without the ability to do evil, there'd be no good. And without the ability to do good, there couldn't be any evil. So, but at the end of days, he says, the, this das, when, when this posik is fulfilled, that the knowledge of God will cover the earth like the waters cover the sea. Um, that is the, the time in Jewish history when evil will be contained, creating an environment for non-Jews to convert to Judaism. These are the words of the Moran of Rav Nachman of Bratzlav. Uh, as a result of that, the Nisgadel Kavodo Yisborach, God's glory will be exalted publicly, which is the concept of Ra'amim. That's the concept of thunder. That's what thunder means. And that's what we say again. We say it on Friday night. We say it on Shabbos morning. Kol Hashem alamayim. The voice of God will be on the waters. That's the waters that will cover the earth. At the time the Mashiach comes, the knowledge of God will cover the earth like waters cover the sea. Kol Hashem alamayim. That's the water. El hakavod hirim. And the glory of God will thunder. In other words, it will be public. Everybody will have some type of experience. So when you say these words in Tehillim, and when you say these, sing these words, this is what you should have in mind. El HaKovod Hirim, the God of glory thunders, representing the uproar brought about by people converting or trying to convert to Judaism, and the positive public attention this attracts to increase God's glory in the world. This Ra'omim, this thunder of God's glory, being magnified in the world as a result of people flooding towards Judaism at the end of days is described by Yechezkel as kol rash gadol, a great roaring sound. So he, essentially what he's saying is that the sound that Yechezkel's hearing is the sound of Mashiach behind it. That uh, even though he's just to, just been told to go and give a message of death and destruction and exile and murder and darkness and everything else, what he hears behind him, which he can't see, but he can hear behind him, is the sound of the Mashiach coming and the sound of God's God's glory being magnified in public at the time of the Mashiach and uh, the great expectation of the redemption, which is behind him at the moment. He can't see it. He can't see where it is. It's Acharai, Kol Rash Gadol. It's behind him. He didn't have the ability to look around and see where it was, where it was coming from. But what he was hearing 
was this thunder, the thunder of the Mashiach, the thunder of the time of the Mashiach, the thunder of the waves, when the knowledge of God will cover the earth like the waters cover the sea. So that is a esoteric take on exactly what Yechezkel is hearing here. And now we come on to these words. Boruch kavod Hashem in karma. Now we, we, we say this so regularly that we just, you know, brush past it. Even when we say Kedusha, you know, Kodosh, 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 Hashem Tzavokos, Malocho, it's Kavoda, Boruch kavod Hashem in karma. Those are the two most famous lines from Kedusha. We say it every time we say Kedusha. Um, and again, I'll just repeat the first set of, uh, uh, Words that we say in Kedusha come from Yeshayahu, the prophet Yeshayahu. He is uh, just the imagery of um, Yeshayahu, Isaiah. He's in the temple. He's in in Yushalayim. He's in the Heichel of the temple. And Yeshayahu sees the Srafim. He sees the fiery angels. And as he sees them, they're each calling to each other. They're shouting to each other, these uh, angels. Kodosh, Kodosh, Kodosh. Holy, 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 whatever that word means. Hashem Tzavokos, the Lord of uh, the universe. Malochol Oretz Kabodo. The whole world is full of his glory. Those, that, that's the words that um, Yeshayahu uses. That's what he heard when he had this type of uh, revelation. And the second verse is our verse. Boruch kvod Hashem in Koma. And again, we always say these, these verses in this order in Kedusha. And we also say the verse before Kedusha in the brocha of Yotzer Hama'oros. If you remember, we say, V'ofanim v'chayas ha-kodesh, the Ofanim, which we've discussed, are the circular angels, v'chayas ha-kodesh, and the angels with four faces that we discussed in chapter one. Barash Godol, with a lot of noise, Misnasim Lumas Rafim, lift up themselves up above the Srafim, the fiery angels, Lumosom Shabchim Rim, and they praise God, Boruch Kavod Hashem Mimkoma. Blessed is the glory of God from his place. So that is, we say that in Kedusha, and we say that in the Brocha of Yotzah Hamaoros in the morning before the Shabbat. We also say the verse in, after Kedusha, at the end of Davening, in Uvolat Again, first we say, Kodosh, 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 Hashem Tzavokos. Um, and then we say, Baruch Kavod Hashem in Koma. Again, so you end up saying these, these um, two sentences at least four times a day. So you say it four times a day, um, you know, you, you end up saying it... Um, Fourteen hundred and sixty times a year, so it should be, you know, should should be something. If you're fifty years old, so you've said it seventy thousand times. So it's clear that by mentioning both these two verses in davening so often, what we're doing is uh, we are mimicking the words of the angels. Um, and because, you know, we, we start off, if you're Ashkenaz, if you're an Ashkenaz, you start off by saying, um, let's, uh, uh, we will sanctify his name for Olam. The same way we'll sanctify his name, the same way that the angels do upstairs in heaven. 
So, and then we use these words, Kadosh, 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 Hashem, Sabachot, Malach, Haloritz, Kavodah. And then we say, Boruch, Kavod, Hashem, Inkoma. These are two expressions that are used by two different groups of angels. And the question that's raised by, by a lot of the commentators is, why don't we use our own words to praise God? Why do we need to mimic the words of the angels? Like, uh, you know, can't we, can't we cre- create a Kedusha in the repetition of the Amida that contains our own praises of God? Why do we have to mimic what the uh, angels say? Like, have they got, do they know something we don't? And the answer is yes, they do. Uh, the angels exist in a realm much closer to God's realm than uh, the area that we live in, the realm that we live in. Their appreciation of God is much greater than ours. And also they spend the whole day praising God. As we say in the third bracha of the Amida. Again, this is a bracha that said every time you say the Amida. Three times a day every year. On Yom Tov, uh, Rosh Hashanah, uh, um, on Yom Kippur, it's um, five times. And uh, on <coughs> Rosh Chodesh and Yom Tevim, it's five times. Ato Kodosh Vashimcha Kodosh. It's the third broch of the Amida. Ato Kodosh, you are holy. Vashimcha Kodosh. Talking about God and your name is holy, whatever that means. Ukadoshim and the holy ones, Bechol Yom Yaluchosela. And the holy ones, meaning the angels, spend all day praising you. Um, so when they praise God, because they're doing it all day and they're in God's realm and they're much closer to God than we are. They have a greater insight into what God is than we do. We don't have any insight into what God is. We have to assume they know what they're talking about. So that when we praise God in Kedusha and when we praise God in the Brocha before the Shemam, when we praise God in Uvalatzion uh, at the end of Davering, we use their words, Kodosh, 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 and Boruch Kavod Hashem in Koma. We use them, their words their method of praising God in the fashion of these angels who know how to do it properly, accurately, perfectly. In fact, in Kedusha itself, we intimate this is exactly our intentions. I just said to you, we actually say, let's sanctify his name, but all I'm in our world. In the same way that they, the angels sanctify him in the upper realms of heaven. Um, so this, this, the, these two psukim, they're, uh, intimately tied together. The revelation, the revelation of the Merkava that Yeshayahu had and the revelation of the Merkava that Chizkiyahu has just had in chapter one. Now, what's very interesting is that we say, we say the, um, um, we, these, the first chapter of Yechezkel uh, is that Haftorah for first day Shavuos, which is the first day Shavuos is the anniversary of the giving of the Torah. And, um, the, 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 um, the Haftorah for Yisro is the parish of, is the piece from, uh, uh, um, Yeshayol. Kodesh, Kodesh, Kodesh is the, is from, uh, the Haftorah of Yisrael and, uh, the first chapter of Yechezkel is from the parasha or is from the, um, is the Haftorah of the first day Shavuos, which is also a, a representation of the giving of the Torah. Um, now what's different between these two verses? 
uh, Yeshayahu's verse, which, which is Kadosh, Kadosh, Kadosh. The uh, who the angels that are speaking are the Seraphim. He observes the Seraphim saying Kadosh, 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 Hashem Tzavokos, Meloch Kol Oretz Um In Yechezkel, we learned in chapter one, if you can remember that far back, that the angels that he was observing were not the Seraphim; they were the Chayos who are ranked much higher than the seraphim in the hierarchy of angelic creatures. So the implication is this. When we, ex- when we exclaim in Kedusha, Kodosh, 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 Hashem Tzavokos, Melochal Oretz Kavodo, we are mimicking the words of the seraphim. When we say, Boruch Kavod Hashem in Como, we are mimicking the words and praise of the Chayos and the Ophanim who are stuck together. If you remember in the first chapter, the Chayos stand on a platform provided by the Ophanim, the circular angels. So there is a misconception here uh, that people have that the phrase Kodosh, Kodosh, Kodosh has greater impact or is more important than the words Boruch, Kavod Hashem, Minkoma. The reality is the opposite is true, uh, as we'll see now in the Gemara. Um, the most powerful language, really, in the whole of davening are those words, Boruch, Kavod, Hashem, Minkoma, and not Kodosh, Kodosh, Kodosh. Kodosh, Kodosh, Kodosh are the praise uttered by the Seraphim, who are on a lower level of Kedusha than the Chayos and the Ophanim, who are the ones that use these words, Boruch, Kavod, Hashem, Minkoma. So in order to understand how it works, what, what's the mechanics, what's the dy- dynamics of what's going on here with these words, um, we have to look at the Gemara. It's a very difficult Gemara. It's the Gemara in Chulin on Daftzadi Aleph on page 91. Um, and the Gemara there starts talking about something that a lot of people know about. And that is the fact that uh, before the angels say God's name, they utter three words. They say Kodosh, Kodosh, Kodosh. And um, we get to say uh, Hashem, Kodosh, 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 Hashem Tzavokos. That they, their, their praise of God, their ultimate praise of God for them is a three-word intro, Kodosh, Kodosh, Kodosh. And then they say God's name. Whereas by us, our most important prayer is Shema Yisrael. Now, Shema Yisrael is two words. Um, after two words, we get to say God's name. So the Gemara in Chulin uh, makes a point of this. And the Gemara in Chulin says like this, again, it's on Tzadik Aleph, on a, ba- on a base, page 91b. The Gemara says that angels mention the name of God only after saying three other words. In other words, after he's talking about the Seraphim. After saying the words, Kodosh, 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 they say that word three times, whereas we Jews, says the Gemara, are on a much higher level. We mention God's name after only two words. Shema Yisrael, Hashem Elokeinu, Hashem Echot. Not only that, said the Gemara, but the angels cannot say Kodosh, Kodosh, Kodosh until the Jews have said Shema Yisrael. In other words, they're on hold. Until a Jew wakes up in the morning and he says Shema Yisrael, so the angels are silent. Exactly how that plays out, I'll discuss in a minute. So the Gemara then discusses the way the angels say Kodosh, Kodosh, Kodosh. How exactly does it work? So the Gemara gives uh, the opinion of Rav. 
And he, he says, this is how it works. You've got uh, a group of chayot. You've got a group of srofim in, in heaven, uh, in, split up into different groups. One group of angels says kadosh. Then another group says kadosh, kadosh. And the third group finishes off by saying kadosh, kadosh, kadosh. Hashem tzavokos, kavoda. So that's the opinion of Rav. That it all, it's like a, a, a procession. It's like a, it's, um, it's a procedure. One group says the word kadosh. The next group says the word kadosh, words kadosh, kadosh. A third group says kadosh, kadosh, kadosh. And they all say together, Hashem tzavokos, kavoda. So the Gemara doesn't like that. The Gemara challenges that. Um the, the, the Gomorrah says, listen, you're telling me that the angels only get to say God's name, um, after three words, Kodesh, 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 but, uh, that's not true because we've got this posset here in Yecheskel that says, Yecheskel says, Vatiso Eni Ruach, I, uh, heard a great roar behind me, but I was, but it's only Ruch, I was lifted up by a, a spirit. But and I heard this roar behind me. Um, and it said, and if you look at the words, there's only two words before God's name. So, um, so the Gemara says in this word, the word God appears up to two words, not three. And apparently from the context of the verse, the Gemara says this statement is also uttered by angels. So it seems that uh, angels are not on a lower level than the Jewish people. The Jewish people have to say Shema Yisrael Hashem. They can say God's name after saying the words Shema Yisrael. But the angels are too, uh, can just say two words, Baruch Kavod, and then they can say, say Hashem in Koma, the third word. They can also utter God's name after only two words, Baruch Kavod. So... The Gemara's got two answers to this contradiction. So, one is an obvious answer. The, the answer is that um, you're talking about two different sets of angels. When we're talking about Boruch Kavod Hashem in Koma, you're talking about the angels on the highest level. The Ophanim and the Chayas. It's the Ophanim and the Chayas, the angels that uh, Yechezkel saw, the, the angels that Yechezkel is interacting with, they're the ones that say this verse here, Boruch Kavod Hashem in Koma. Um, and, in, and the proof is, if you look at the next verse, uh, the next v- verse mentions it um, explicitly. The next verse says, V'kol ha'afanim, v'kol ha'chayos, v'kol kanfei ha'chayos. This is the, the sound he heard of the, the angels that said, Boruch Kavod Hashem in Koma, blessed is God's glory in his place, was the sound of the Chayas, the sound of the Ophanim. And the fact that the Ophanim and the Chayas are on the same level as the Jewish people, that's no, that's no shock to us because that is exactly as it appeared in the first chapter of Yechezkel. They, these were the angels that appeared that Yechezkel could see, like they are a parallel to him. And the Gemara says, what's meant by referring to the three words, Kodosh, 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 three words, that's not referring to the Chayas and the Ophanim. The Chayas and the Ophanim don't say those words, but that the, the, those words are only um, um, spoken by the Seraphim, who are on a much level, lower level than the Chayas, 
and the Ophanim and the Jews. So basically, the Gemara is basically saying that uh, the Ophanim and the Chayas, uh, the Jewish people and, and the Ophanim and the Chayas, were like on a, a, a parallel path or on a similar level of Kedusha. Below us are the Srofim, the Srofim. They, they have to introduce themselves with a longer introduction. They have to say, Kodosh, 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 whereas ourselves, we can say Shema Yisrael and then say God's name, two words. And the Chayas and the Alphanim can also say two words, Baruch Kavod, and then say God's name. So that's one answer that's given in the Gemara. Another answer given in the Gemara is this, that you could argue that the general rule uh, that you have to say through, that the angels have to say three words before mentioning God's name applies to all the angels. Even it even applies to the Chayas. But once permission has been given for them to mention the name of God, after having said Kodosh, 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 then subsequently, if they say something else, like they, if they then go on to say, Baruch Kavod Hashem Komo, once they've introduced the, the language of Kodosh, 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 and introduce themselves by using a three-word introduction, after that, they can use a two-word introduction as well. So it could be that all the angels say Kodosh, 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 and all the angels say Baruch Kavod Hashem Komo, but it has to be in that order. And uh, once you've said Kodosh, 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 Hashem, you've got permission to use the language of Baruch Kavod Hashem in common, which is exactly what we do. We don't use the words Baruch Hashem, Baruch Kavod Hashem in common until we've used the words Kodosh, Kodosh, Kodosh. So uh, that's that's like a, also a parallel to what goes on in heaven, to what goes on down here. Uh, we say the When we say the Kedusha, so we should be aware that Kodosh, Kodosh, Kodosh is really an introduction um, to a much more powerful uh, uh, praise of God, which is Baruch Kavod Hashem in Koma. So just going back to this, this Gomorrah. So when the angels start their day, whatever that means, they're not yet on the level of the Jewish people. This is how it works. Once they've started to praise God with the words Kodosh, 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 Hashem Tzavokov, by uttering those words, they elevate themselves to the status of Jews, and then they can continue to praise God, mentioning God's name after two words, Baruch Kavod Hashem in Koma, uh, which is just like we do when we say Shema Yisrael. So that what, when we said above, we just said before, when the angels start their day, they're not le- yet on the level of the Jewish people. What we mean is this. The angels cannot utter anything in the morning until the Jews have said Shema Yisrael. Now that doesn't seem, that seems a bit peculiar <clears throat> because we said regarding the angels, uh, they don't stop praising God. So how could it be that they're not allowed to praise God until we said Shema Yisrael? Once we get up late and there's a lot of us, like, is it the first person? Is it the first person in England? Is it the first person in the United States? Is it the first person in Israel? Uh, has got to say Shema Yisrael, doesn't seem to make very much sense. So some opinions are that uh, only applies in Eretz Yisrael. It's the Jews in Eretz Yisrael that are on a higher level than the angels. Until Shema has been uttered in Eretz Yisrael, the angels are silent, waiting for the Jews to trigger their ability to praise God. So it can either be the the trigger is either at Marif, or the trigger is... um, um, or at Shachris, or the trigger is Kriya Shema Al Hamita. 
And the create the uh, the Shema Ma'ariv gives them permission to praise God all night, and the Shema in the morning gives them permission to praise God all day. But it has to be from only from Eretz Yisrael. It doesn't apply outside Eretz Yisrael. The the level of the Jewish people outside Eretz Yisrael is nowhere near the level of the Jews inside Eretz Yisrael. Maybe people in the uh, in the diaspora should uh, be wary of that. Um, anyway, that's a different story. Um, and there is another opinion, opinion that some say that each person and each kehila has particular angels attached to him, uh, to her, and to them. And those angels cannot start to praise God with Kodesh, Kodesh, Kodesh until that particular person or that particular kehila um, has said Shema Yisrael at night and has said Shema Yisrael in the morning. Whichever way it works. Um, it does seem uh, that the angels, to a certain extent, are below us in the spiritual food chain and are reliant on us uh, to say the Shema at night and to say the Shema in the morning to initiate their ongoing praise of God. So you've got groups of angels in Shemaim. Uh, some work uh, through the night and some work through the day and they're different groups attached to different communities attached to different individuals. And there's all the time there are people, there's angels saying, uh, praising God, Kodesh, 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 Baruch, Kodesh, Hashem, and Komo. But individual angels or individual groups of angels are triggered to start their praise by Jews, either by individual Jews or communal Jews or the Jews of Eretz Israel as a whole. So that's uh, essentially how it works. Um, the question um, which, you know, from uh, my perspective as, uh, you know, as a logician is why, what difference does it make? Like, what's all the fuss about? Whether you can say God's name after three words, Kodesh, 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 or whether you can say God's name after two words, Shema Yisrael or Baruch Kavod Hashem. Like, what difference does it make? So that's, that's going to be the next question you're going to deal with. Like, who cares? Like, really? Who cares how many words you've got to say before you say God's name? You know, we say God's name all the time. The, idea, the reality is you walk down the street and you say shalom to somebody. Shalom's God's name as well. So we don't need, you know, we don't need a story and a halacha and a gemara. And, you know, this said this one first and then that one just triggers that one. And these angels say it after three words and these angels say it after two. What difference does it make? Like, what's all the fuss about? So... That, I think that's a very logical question. Uh, as a logician, it's, it, it, it <laughs> irks me that uh, there's a big fuss. This Gomorrah makes a big fuss about whether you say God's name after two words or you say God's name after three words. It's yeah, God's name, right? Baruch Hashem. We say Baruch Hashem all day, right? How are you feeling? Baruch Hashem. Well, that's one word. And, um, you know, and um, are you coming around for dinner? Be'ezra Hashem. Well, that's one word. So, you know, what, like, what, what, what on earth is this all about? What's the, what's the, what's the shtick? What is the, uh, what's the essence of, um, this complicated, it's a very complicated Gemara, um, that deals with this idea of, uh, first of all, it gives us an insight into the fact that Kodesh, Kodesh, Kodesh is merely an introduction to a much greater praise of God, which is Baruch Kavod Hashem in Karma. We haven't even translated the word yet. We haven't even come to the translation of the word. That's going to be next week as well. The translations of the word. What does it mean, Baruch Kavod Hashem Koma? 
Where is him in coma? Where is his place? So we had an introduction from the Malbim and the Barbanel says his place is wherever. So one opinion is his, his real place is Yerushalayim, but he's left there. But uh, the other opinion is wherever God hangs his hat, that's his place. But uh, there's obviously something much deeper in it because these are holy words. These are the most powerful praises that uh, the Jewish people can give to God. Baruch Kavon Hashem in common. So there's obviously a lot more to it. But the first thing I want to deal with next week is what's all this fuss about? Why, why are we concerned about the angels and two words and three words and who cares? And um, so that's what I'm going to deal with. Uh, took me a long time to find the answer, by the way. Yeah, I don't see any of the commentators raise the answer, uh, bring the answer or ask the question. But to me, as a logician, that's a question that sticks out like a, a sore thumb, really irks me. So anyway, that's where we're up to. We'll um, we'll deal with that question, Mitzvah next week. And then we'll go on and examine what people say about this, these, this expression, Baruch Kavod Hashem in Como. It's inner meaning, it's inner depth, and exactly where God's place is. Baruch Kavod Hashem in Como, blessed is God from his place. It doesn't say Bim Como, in his place. It says Mimkomo from his place, which will gives you might give you a hint as to which direction we're going to go in next week. Why have the word? Oh, right. And uh, as I can see, there's been no questions today. I was just uh, utterly uh, bamboozled by the whole shit. People bamboozled by the whole shit. No one understands a word I said. Um, or people are just blown away or people just, you know, not going to ask a question or whatever it is. There's been no questions. Um but we've not, got, we've not yet got to the heart of the issue. The heart of the issue is yet to come. And we'll deal with that next week. Uh, these words, Baruch Kavad Hashem in common. Now's the time to ask questions. Um, and, and so any questions, uh, you know, Rob, Rob there. We're not talking about cricket or rugby, Rob. I fully accept that the, the South Africans did a good job. They beat England. Um, you know, hold up my hands. Hold up my hands. South Africa were better. They beat Wales. They beat England. What can I tell you? Uh, even even Harvey Farber, even Harvey Farber, his moda admits that the the uh, the South Africans are better than us. Okay. Uh, so any questions before we go? Harry. Yeah. At the very beginning, when God decided to create the human race, it's one second. Can somebody can somebody mute that dog? The dog. <laughs> the dog's probably trying to ask a question. Okay. What's the at, question? At the very beginning, when God decides to, the Midrash is when he tries to create the human race, the angels objected. Yes. So, the reason that, can I postulate a reason that the reason the angels have to wait now is because we have to say, we have to speak first and then they have to answer second. Well, because of their, because of their objection. Because of their objection, yes. Could be. It's a nice, uh, it's a nice touch. Yeah, it's a nice touch. Also, when Moshe Rabbeinu went up to receive the Torah, they tried to kill him, right? So they didn't want him to get his, his hands on the Torah. So it could also be for that as well. But so yeah, it's a nice, uh, a nice idea. Okay. Nice spending time with you people. Um, We'll continue where we left off next week, trying to work out what this word Baruch Kavod Hashem in Como actually means. And that's all to come next week. Um, 
everyone should have a great week, Shavuot Tov, and uh, Gitvoch, and whatever else. Uh, and uh, Kol Tov to everybody. Everyone should have a great day and a great evening. Kol Tov. One second, Harry. I have a public service announcement. Oh, yeah. A public service announcement, yes. Um, Larry Lowenthal put these um, shearing, the recordings, on Spotify. And I listened to one uh, this week, and it really is clear, and uh, it's uh, easy to access. It's clear. The whole share is on there. So if people have Spotify or want to upload it, download it, whichever way it goes, um, uh, it's there. And all your sharing for this, for Ezekiel, are, are on there. I, I I, I've got to I've got to be honest with you. You know, I'm just getting used to not dialing with a you know a telephone with the with the you know with the with that. I I don't even know what Spotify is. I want to go back to those telephones where you dial like this and put the thing to your ear. But you don't need to listen to it. Look, I was traveling for half the share, so I have to re-listen to this very important share. And I, it's hard when you're in the car and you know there's all kinds of things going on that. Um, to hear the whole thing. So I have to re-listen to it. So I'm going to go to Spotify. Okay. Spotify it is. Um, and uh, I, in, interestingly, you use Spotify. I've just spotted a fly in the room here. And, uh, <laughs> which I'll have, I'll have to get rid of that now. Anyway, cold tough to everybody. Everyone have a great week. Thank you. Thank you for listening.